There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. This is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined, a very heartwarming tale. Uh, John Wooten came out of retirement at 80 to play football. He'll give you the full circumstances, but it'll warm the cockles and all that. Brilliant bloke. Kevin Day joined us as well. As is Kevin. Brilliant bloke. Podcast, not quite as old as John, but no. getting there. No. Um, comedian, podcaster, Palace fan writer on this new TV show that uh, Palace are making. And Jim White joined us. He, he, uh, not that one. Also a brilliant bloke. Oh, you're yeah, lovely. Let's, let's, let's not leave anybody judge out. Anyone. Brilliant bloke roundup. Yeah. Um, Jim from <laughs> The Telegraph. Uh, can't see why football managers spit. He talked about that. We had a chat mm-hmm. about various things. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, yeah, what a week! Hey, a birthday spread promotion double for me. Yes. Last week. I mean, you would, what odds would you have got of that at the start That's of the really season? True. Um, and and yeah, the day of I wasn't on on Sunday, so I haven't bored people with, you know. It was pretty the, comfortable in the end, wasn't it? It was no real jeopardy was, from your point of view. There was no jeopardy, jeopardy at all. I think yeah. Grimsby had one header that went wide, mm. and that was the only moment when you were like, oh man, because I think Cheltenham went behind and Cheltenham were leading, so we weren't going to win the title, and Bolton went ahead more. We were the last team to go ahead. Yeah, Everyone was winning, but a point would have been enough. Um, it was a really, it, I had a really nice time. And, yeah. it's, and it's strange because part of me now would have liked the kind of 96th minute, you know, equaliser to guarantee it. But now, actually, now, now you say that. Now, but actually mm. it was, it was, it was really, it was just a really nice day. What's strange about it is obviously. Did you watch it on iFollow? I watched you? it on iFollow. Mm. I, I wasn't, you know, there were some fans at the ground, but I watched it in my, uh, you know, not. It was interesting. There were quite a lot of people in the main stand who, really? who had some sort of connection, oh. you know. But you know, they, they were all legitimately there, mm. and uh, but there were lots of fans outside. And because Cambridge United don't play in one of these soulless, out of town little bespoke stadiums, it yeah. meant the players could just climb one little wall and just stand on the turnstile and, and jump up and down and gave them a wave. <laughs> it was great. But it is strange, sort of celebrating uh, promotion and. You know, how did I celebrate? Well, Mrs. Rushton wasn't that remote, wasn't remotely bothered about right. about us winning. So I sort of cl- watched the laptop, watched the celebrations for a bit, closed it, went for a walk, bought 
quite an you know bought an artisan aubergine parmesan and had a glass of wine and a game of Scrabble. Well, it's not it's necessarily just in traditional football <laughs> way. Exactly. When you I'm a football promotion. man. I'm a proper football man. I you can't are. help it. You are. Scrabble and a Chenon Blanc. Beautiful. I've got are. a bit of breaking news. Okay. Yeah, it's not altogether. Um, Surprising, but I think we're all pleased. Uh, those of us who like boxing, Eddie Hearn has confirmed that Andy Joshua versus Tyson Fury will take place on the seventh of August or August the fourteenth. So we've narrowed it down to two dates. Um, or is that yes? That's two dates, and it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. That's the only uh, downside. That's the crying shame of it. it if you it ask was me, all about the, the site fee and more money in the coffers. And who knows how many people you can get into a stadium in August. Maybe it would have been a full house. A lot of football clubs are pushing mm. at the start of next season to have more or less full houses. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of money, obviously, for the boxers to fight over there. It is a great shame. But uh, it will take place in Saudi Arabia. But at least we'll get to see the first well, of the fights. More I, on that later. I, yeah, look, I'm... I've- Talked a lot about when Saudi Arabia or the the investment fund were trying to buy Newcastle United, and I've talked about the human rights record there. And obviously, it's complicated because you know our government does business with Saudi Arabia. But I would just just you know do some research, find out mm. the human rights situation in Saudi Arabia. You know, yes, they're getting a lot of money. They're going to get. They would have got a lot of money here as yes. well. How much money do you actually need? Mm. And uh, so, no, I'm, uh, it, it, some people may be happy. I'm not yeah. the world's biggest boxing fan, but I don't think we should be taking We were talking to uh, Gareth A. Davis about this. It's a great shame we're seeing more and more of this because they're generally pretty soulless occasions. And so much of many of the great fights over the years have not just been about the fights themselves. They've been about, I mean, like the other day, you know, in Texas, 60,000 people uh, in in the stadium to watch the fight at the weekend. Incredible atmosphere that you got there. And what an incredible atmosphere you could have got somewhere like... Wembley or Absolutely. Cardiff or someone like somewhere like that in this country, in the kind of incredible atmosphere that we're going to miss out on. Because when you do see fights in in those parts of the world, they're generally a little bit antiseptic. But mm. um, anyway, uh, that's a decision that's been made, and let's hope we'll see more fights coming back to this country. Certainly, when it features two British fighters. Well, I have no problem with fights being wherever they're going to be, mm. but you know, if you take the money, you have to investigate what happens in those countries and you know the treatment of gay people in those countries and women in those countries uh you know in saudi arabia and you know what the un found out about what happened to a journalist in one of their embassies yeah. you know it's not pretty and people don't like to think about it we like to put our head in the sands because you know we sport is meant to be escapism right and this this goes beyond just boxing and sometimes you it's worth sort of just having a look and seeing what happens in yep. places and look we're all hypocrites in some way i'm sure i'm a hypocrite and 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 somebody could label that at me and I'm, and i'm sure i am in some way but it's it's frustrating is my instant reaction to mm. that anyway not surprised but how much money do you need you know if it's 60 million or 100 million it's both quite a lot of money. Yeah, it's all, you know? it's all, it's all good money. Mm. Um, so, um, we want to get you involved this afternoon. Yes, on a slightly different note. <laughs> on a slightly different note, um, because this is it involves Vic Reeves, fine comedian, of course. What mm. did Vic do? Well, this is in the Star today. Comedian uh, Vic Reeves buried himself in a golf course bunker for a night's kip after a bad time sleeping in a bristly cornfield. Uh, he said it was when he was hitchhiking around the UK. It's, a, was... it's a very toast of London name, that <laughs> bristly cornfield, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, uh, he was hitchhiking around the UK when he was 17. I dug a hole in a sandpit. It all turned out disastrously, he said. But I did wonder, you know, 
Certainly when someone someone put a <laughs> put a ball on the end of his nose <laughs> half six plugged. in the morning. I was plugged in <laughs> Vic Reeves. What, what what what's your lie? Well, I'm on Vic Reeves. I'm on, yeah, I'll take an eight Reeves. iron. Although I, I don't know he is yet because he's not famous. <laughs> I'm on Jim. So um, anyway, let us know places, uh, sporting places you've managed to get some shut eye. Not necessarily asleep at the game, but there may be some weird and wonderful reason why you found yourself able to get some uh, yes. kip. It's it's uh, it's a full night's sleep or at least an attempted night's sleep. Not right. I was. So drunk at the game, I fell asleep. But yeah. that's a different text topic we've done before. It's oh, yeah. it's where were you? Where did you? Where did you go? This is where I've got to go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to fashion myself a little pillow or something. So a bunker is a perfect. Anyone it's else a who slept in a bunker yeah. would love to know that. Um, uh, Jim says, Barca Jim, friend of the show. In the 70s and 80s, there used to be a greyhound racing at Wembley, of course, mm. on the Friday night before the England-Scotland game. Uh, in 77, a pal of mine, Mad George, who didn't have a ticket, went to the <clears> greyhound racing on the Friday hid in Wembley overnight and slept in Wembley overnight so he'd Ooh. be at the game the next day. So that counts. It's full yes. night's sleep. I'd like some more specifics. Exactly <laughs> where. Um, anyway, th- those those would be nice, please. Give us a few more of those. We are going to speak to the man who has come out of retirement after 40 years to play football with his grandson. 80-year-old, turned out. Uh, I think he's done it. He'll talk us through it. Match report and all that. But are there, you know, we, we were quite interested as well on the subject, as we said, of spitting. Are there things still from your old playing days in sport, any sport that you can't quite leave behind? Are there sort of little hangovers? We'd say for Wayne Rooney, spitting when there's no need to on the touchline as a manager is maybe it's one of those things that makes him feel closer to being a player still. So speculating before the show, is there anyone who still putting deep heat on their calves just before they go to the office. It's unlikely, isn't it? Seems it seems unlikely, it does doesn't seem it? Like, it? Just yelling, like, yelling. Clapping as they leave the house and shouting <laughs> as they go out through the front door. Shout, shouting, come on, lads. Exactly, in a meeting. Nothing silly, first five. <laughs> Still nil-nil. Yes. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. You've been telling us uh, various tales this afternoon about uh, places you've managed to get some uh, sporting shut-eye. Our mate Andrew McKenna's been in touch. Good afternoon, Macca. He said, I was in Seville for the famous Celtic Porto UEFA Cup final in 2003. The morning after the game, I was dispatched around the city to do pieces into the sports breakfast. I went to the train station to see if there were many fans around and found a Celtic fan asleep on the handrail of a stationary escalator. <laughs> I was so tempted to hang on and see what happened when they finally switched it He's on. He's just waiting to get to the top. Just couldn't be bothered just waiting. <laughs> the perfect would be to slowly wake up as it as it got to the top and as it gets to the top, just walk on and just yeah, get on the next just train. Get to your feet. Perfect. That would be good. Anyway, Macca, Macca will be bringing you commentary of the Lions tour, of course, here on Talk Sport and Talk Sport Two. Oh, this, this is summer. from Craig, which is sleeping at the game, but kind of counts. Craig in Nottingham went to the first world match play at Wentworth, set off early to get a good position. On arrival about 6.30am, we decided to go to the second green, got a great position. The sun came out, I laid back, waited for the players to come. Next thing I know, I'm getting a prod from someone I'd never met. Excuse me, sir, can I ask you to move? Um, I said, why? We set off early to get these views. He said, you're next to the boom mic and no one can hear the commentators as you're snoring rather loudly so just snoring into the microphone on the second green at Wentworth is perfect (laughs) very good the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport now about three weeks ago now we spoke to the guys from uh, Secret Shirt Company this was a a new business venture that was quite interesting where you get a mystery football shirt Mm. from around the world that just sort of it uh, turns up in a cardboard box. That's and like you, 30 quid or something. In. Yeah, yeah, something like good. that. You don't know what's going to be in yeah. it. Um, and it, it could be anything. So um, we spoke to the guys behind it and um, 
Max, you went and bought me one, I didn't you? bought you one, yes. You yeah. bought me one. To cement our friendship. That was a nice touch. Yeah. And I felt bad because I thought, well, I should buy you one, you yeah, know, something you can wear for training. I was thinking that. <clears throat> so um, I know you didn't say it, but I could see in your eyes that you thought it was a yeah. tight wad. So I bought you one. That's exciting. It took a couple of weeks. The boys from Secret uh, Shirt said they were waiting on oh, wow. um, a particular shirt. So they had something in mind. So would you like to unveil? And I we'll, would love to. We'll yeah. do the holding up of the shirt. You said if I could guess it. Um, yeah. I wondered if it might be Australian because of Mrs. Rushton. I mean, I don't know how well I they wonder. know me. I wonder. Um, and yeah. then I thought for some reason it would be a Colombian one, but I've no basis on that at all. Right. So here we go. I'm just oh, Because they know you. It's yeah, rather yeah. interesting. There we go. Yes. Okay. So what, what's, uh, what are we right. going to get in here? It's a complete mystery shirt. Could be from anywhere in the world. He can't even open the box at the it's moment. Quite a tricky great. box to open. Box it's opening. like a chimpanzee no, trying to open a box. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? The unboxing is quite a thing on you. You know, we live on YouTube. This will get more hits than White and Jordan. Unboxing is quite the thing. It's got a little bit of tape. You just need to cut. You seem to be making it. It's a great advert for an Oxford education. This man can't open. It wasn't a finest university in the world. Can't open a box. It wasn't a practical degree. There we go. Right. It wasn't engineering or anything. It wasn't engineering. Obviously, the box openers all did engineering. While I was doing modern, I still haven't opened the box. Here we go. Oh, that is nice. Now, what is it, Max? There we go. That is F. That is FC Utrecht. Oh, look at there that! Was, yeah, the that? W- predominantly white with the with the red sleeve. Mm, FC Utrecht. Nike, a little bit of gold around trim. the badge. It's a special. It's oh, wonderful, isn't it? Look at that. That's, that's nice. Like Can that, you? Kid. Will you wear that? I Max? absolutely will. Yeah, night yeah. and day. No, I will wear that, and that's useful because on the Friday five aside mm. that I sometimes play. Uh, you, you are, you know, you have to it's bring a white shirt or a dark shirt. Okay. So there we are. So that's well, done a job. I've got me. an admission to make. When I, uh, I had a, a beautiful um, third choice. Is this um, your confession? Yeah, this is my confession. Okay. I had a beautiful third choice Tenerife shirt made by the inner large, made by the good people at uh, Hummel, mm. former Spurs kit sponsor, yes. of course, back in the day. Yeah. But um, I, it was a lovely shirt, and I was very pleased with it. I took it home and tried it on, oh, and it was, it was, it was made for a more cut figure. Right. Normally, I wear a large shirt and yeah. a Nike, uh, Nike oh or Adidas, absolutely fine on me. Okay. But the, the, the Hummel shirt, slightly more cut. And uh, it accentuates. Go, well, I haven't let myself. I mean, I don't think. I mean, ridiculous, Nick. I don't think you're in, no. around. I, it was. It was touching where it fitted around the waist. Oh. And there's nothing worse oh, than a man of my age in a silky shirt no. with a little bit of love handle. So, anyway, what I did was I contacted uh, Reese at, at Secret Shirts and uh, they said, oh, we, we'll change it for you. You okay, know, we understand. But uh, the Tenerife people, because it was a Tenerife shirt, and they reached out at the time. They were so pleased to have me on board as a fan for some reason, because they had sort of second division of mm. uh, the Spanish league. You're a big deal in Tenerife. Well, I, I, I felt I felt I had to stick with them. They had an ex-Spurs boy there, and I, 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 they said, do you want an alternative shirt? I said, oh. I said, no, I'll have that one. They said, we haven't got that in extra large. Oh, really? We haven't got that in FSB. There's no one that big in Tenerife. There's no one. I no don't one believe that, that for a minute. I've so, been to Tenerife. But they have the home shirt. Okay. So I'm now so they swapped it. So okay. I must say the shirt you actually gave me, I've I've now got the white okay. home shirt of, you took it of back. Tenerife and uh, yeah, it's and, and does it fit? It fits beautifully. Oh, it's an extra it large. Okay. I wouldn't say it's it's not massive. No, it's it's the so if you're buying a Hummel shirt at any point, if a little bit of just remember if you you know so go a size up, go maybe go right. a size okay. up. It's good. Um, it's great but anyway, advice. Um, so I, you should look out for Utrecht. I've been looking into Tenerife's results and seeing how they're getting on. So um, yeah, oh, got the tables. See how now. Utrecht are getting on. The Eredivisie 
Yeah. Uh, into you. Sixth in uh, the Eredivisie. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, it is uh, the, just behind... Uh, well, they're nine points off Vitesse Arnhem in, for the European That won't places. even get them a bit and, of Europa. It might get uh, them in that third uh, choice true. competition. It might get them in the poor man's Europa League. As far as I can tell, there are no the, games left. So that's yeah. a... That's an issue, isn't it? It's the hard Papa to... Juans, I oh, think no, it's called. I tell a lie. Yeah. Uh, we are we're away to. Uh, I say we. Sparta Rotterdam. It's already on started. Thursday at one thirty in the afternoon. Beautiful. I'll be on air. Brilliant. What if doing uh, it? will finish just before the birthday spread. I'll be in a Tenerife you Trek game. They oh, play I each hope other. So. Yeah, what a great idea! We could raise money for charity. We do a, do a show halfway there. between Utrecht and Tenerife. Do a show. It would drive between the two. Although yeah. obviously a boat would have to be involved. I would well, imagine in some way. And indeed, a, a possibly a plane. Yes. Anyway, that's that's just that's just a dream of ours. But okay. anyway, yeah. Thanks. Thank for the you guys. so much. It's secret shirts. We'll we'll do yeah. a kind of handshake, and you can hold it up like you've just signed for them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Uh, why the foot? Football managers spit. We can't get to the bottom of it. Jim White from The Telegraph, he's got no idea. He was writing about it today. We'll be chatting to him shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby match Rushton here on TalkSport. A little bit later on, we will be speaking to the 80-year-old man who has come out of retirement uh, after 40 years to play football with his grandson. A do you, half, just, do you think you just had tale. Nigg- like just a niggle for 40 years? Oh, the calf's a bit, oh, no, I'm not around this week. I've got, you know, I've got, I'm seeing friends this weekend now. I've booked a weekend away and then actually just... Tick the tick the spreadsheet again and I'm available. And I'm ready to go. The up. I'm ready. I can, but he's been playing his subs all these <laughs> exactly, years. Exactly, yeah. So I was just waiting on our next guest to try and get hold of him. Oh. Um, I used uh, Clive Tildesley's quote in my 1999 GCSE English essay describing a holiday. We built up speed on the runway, the plane took off, and in the words of Clive Tildesley in this year's Champions League semi-final second leg, full speed ahead <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> got told to use quotes. I did, but still only got a B, uh, B minus. A, a B minus, yeah. Yeah, John, that no, that's was a B and a sad face. Yeah, I think maybe just a B. Okay. After a full day of a hockey festival, says Harry, a mate of mine fell asleep in the clubhouse changing rooms. Uh, the place got locked up for the night. He woke up at some point, walked out the front door straight into a locked shutter. <laughs> he then turned round. The door had locked, um, shook them both. So uh, much he set off the alarm and the police turned up. Wonderful. So there we are. We're looking for sporting venues where you manage to get some shut eye off the back of Vic Reeves, who was admitting he covered himself in sand and slept in a bunker mm. at one point. Um, Don't really need to cover yourself in sand before you get in the bunker, but that's just what yeah, Vic did. that's what he it? did. Yeah. So, why do football managers spit? Jim White in today's Telegraph um, noticed that uh, at the weekend, um, and he joins us now. Hi, Jim. Hi, Paul. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, this it was Wayne Rooney who made you start sort of digging a little bit deeper, but you noticed that he hadn't quite left that side of the player behind. No, he, he hadn't. Now, listen... Max Ruston is a footballer, I know that. Yes, thank you. Um, and so he knows that, that when you're engaged in athletic activity, mm. uh, a, a mucus forms in... in uh, it's a protein that gets into your saliva called MUC5. Uh, and that thickens the saliva. And actually, it's harder to swallow. So the best way of expurg- expurging it is to um, <laughs> spit. Um, but... When you're a football manager, you're not doing anything on the touchline. You're standing there. And it's become a kind of revolting habit of managers. I've, I've just I sort of noticed it. You know, they can't actually take a swig of water from the bottle. Look at Jose Marino without spitting it all out again immediately. <laughs> Pep Guardiola hawking and hacking. 
whacking away <laughs> on the touchline. It's it's it's, it's very unpleasant. Are I'm they, sorry, are, are I'm they, sorry. It's it's not on. Are they the three guiltiest parties? Rooney, Mourinho, and and, and Guardiola. They are, they are. Roy Hodgson, you don't see leaving no, a greenie don't. on the side no. of the pitch. <laughs> no, Roy Hodgson just one finger to a nostril. And I then... just, that's not the mark of the man, is it? <laughs> no, it I mean, really maybe isn't. maybe with age, that, well, I don't know if that's strictly true if you remember your old granddad. But, um, yeah, it does seem odd. As I said, maybe it's that link to still... Maybe if you're a young manager like Wayne, you're still living the experience. You still feel like you're out there kicking every ball and that maybe includes expectorating as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, it seems to be. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not having to go particularly at Rooney. It was just I noticed him mm. uh, in that in that match against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Every time it, he was, um, the, the camera turned to him. He seemed to be hacking, clearing his throat. <laughs> it's just weird. It was very weird. But Guardiola's as bad. And Guardiola hasn't even got the excuse that his team are rubbish. I mean, Wayne, you know, you can see the tension rising in his throat. Got to mm. clear it. You know, Derby could be going down into League One under his management. Yes, tension there. Guardiola, it's just bliss, isn't it? Standing on the touchline <laughs> watching his lot. You would think um, so. Why yeah. is he constantly spitting? How, Jim, get it. Jim, how do you, how do you think we solve, you know, arguably the biggest problem in our game yeah, at the moment. Never mind I'm European Super Leagues. I'm glad, I'm glad you recognise that, mm. uh, Max, that this is, this is something, well, you know, short of uh, a parliamentary law, which mm. I think really, really ought to be enacted very soon. You know, Regulation. Queen's speech, yes. today, Queen's speech today, not a hint of it. That's Where true. was Jacob Rees-Mogg standing up and saying, we've got to get rid of exploration? I can't even say the word. Yeah. <laughs> got to get rid of it anyway. And she didn't I need us. She... I can't imagine Jacob Rees-Mogg saying, we've got to get rid of gobbing. This just wouldn't have happened. The, the, queen, the, queen didn't, the Queen didn't require a spittoon next to her. She She must have get through all of that. Yeah. Um, so and, and, you know, it's a tense occasion. Yeah. She doesn't spit. Very true. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe if Wayne is listening this afternoon or Indeed, uh, Jose, it seems unlikely. Um, maybe they'll just take this on board. Maybe the next time Wayne will think, it doesn't look great, does it, spitting all the time? I'm there, a manager. I've left the yeah, playing days don't behind. Do it. Don't yeah. do it. Here's my idea. You know, okay. they're all, all very good managers, are very good at uh, getting together for charity. So mm. prostate cancer or, or McMillan's nurses or, you know, they'll, they'll do that. Cystic fibrosis, which, you know, genuinely is an awful disease where far too much mucus accumulates in, in, in the chest and it becomes really hard to breathe. They should, every time they spit, they should make a sizable donation to trying to conquer this disease. Now, obviously, you know, that, that would be a law of diminishing returns because they, they'd stop doing it. But, you know, do that. Actually give some money away every time you spit. Let some good come out of it. Fantastic. Well, we leave yeah. that. We leave that with the, the saying. Let some good come out of it doesn't sound right. No, you know what I mean. We'll leave that spitting. with a spitting gaffers. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Good to talk to you. Cheers, as always. Jim. Lovely to speak to you. Bye, Jim. Right there from the uh, Telegraph, and you read his uh, full piece. Uh, probably not over lunch. In the in the uh, there's, a, cre- there's a talented man who can get 950 words out of yeah noticing Wayne really spitting just, on the touchline. Just line. you know, if you are a columnist, I yeah. mean, you've been there before when you've been asked to write something. I used to write an editorial every week for a magazine. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, there is plenty of material to go out. But in a quiet news week, you know, Wayne Rooney spitting his manner from heaven, yeah, was as was the case today. Marvellous work from Jim. With a radio follow-up. <laughs>
<laughs> it's uh, uh, Paul Hawksby and uh, Max Rushton here on Talks. But Buffon is leaving uh, Juve again. I love the fact he's leaving again, even at 43. Well, he is a prospect, isn't he? He he's feels got like... To, if Juve aren't going to make the Champions League, then, you know, he needs to... He's got he's got more in him. He'll keep playing. He'll probably go... Where will he go? Will he go to the States? He'll have a game we... with our next guest, won't he? Yes. The 80-year-old. That's right. It's him. Him and yeah. Buffon. So there we are, another keeper on the market. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on TalkSport. We will be speaking to an 80-year-old man who's come out of retirement in the world of football. Kevin Day joins us as Palace, the latest club to invite the TV cameras in. They will tell you more about that. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. That's a nice story. This is... Um, now, people, you know, occasionally they're forced to put the old boots or the Astros back on one last time at a certain age just for a bit of fun. But it's not often a man stays... Um, um, retired for 40 years no. in the world of football. First time in 40 years, uh, 80 years old, John Wooten laced up the boots for a special occasion. We're very pleased to say he joins us now. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon. Oh, so what, what was it like being back out there after 40 years? Oh, brilliant. I mean, it landed right on my birthday. The, the day it worked out perfectly. It was actually my birthday, and it was my son's idea. And he said, "We're going to get you on that pitch, Dad, on your birthday." And I said, "No way! I am not doing it." <laughs> but <laughs> things moved on, and I did it, and I really enjoyed it. I'm a little bit sore; I pulled the calf muscle, oh. but I did. I did it. <laughs> so, so who is the team, and and uh, how did it come about that you were you were on the bench? Well, it's the college uh, college. Uh, pub in Wakefield. Mm-hmm. Um, me son, uh, we the family calls him Jonathan, but everybody else calls him Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's the manager stroke coach. Uh, my grandson Matt is the captain of the team. And they came up with this idea that because I'm there every week watching mm-hmm. the matches, I put the nets up, I take the nets down. Uh, stick the corner flags in everything that needs doing mm. he says we're going to get you on that pitch for your birthday and I says no I'm not doing it uh, anyway the team put pressure on me so I ended up I had to do it but I'm so glad that I did yeah. I really enjoyed and it and it was a league game so, it's, you know, so they've it, had to was... register you as a player they, I mean, they you... had to register they had yeah. to register me last week as a player yeah the <laughs> Wayfield League rushed that through <laughs> so who got dropped, Joe? Who, you know, who was left out of the squad for you? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I don't think the lad that came off to let me get on was... Well, I'm sure he were pleased. <laughs> because when I went on and he came off, he threw his arms around me and said, what a man. <laughs> yeah. So where did, where, did they, where did they play you? Were you went box-to-box midfielder? Where did they play no, you? No, 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 no. I mean, in my earlier days, I started on left wing. I mean, when I played, yeah. there were forwards, half-backs yeah. and defence. Right. Going on to this midfield and strikers. So, and, what was your original well, position? What did, what, did, what would you have called yourself back in your, your early days? Uh, well, when I, I mean, I can go back to my school days when I played on the left wing. Yeah. And as I got older, I went, I went to like which they now call midfield, which mm. then Norman Hunter position, left half. Left half. Three. I thought that was what yeah. you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 and then I eventually moved 
I moved to the other side, onto the right-hand side, because I'm a natural left footer. Mm. I could actually cut in right. Uh, right. and use my left foot. Like Arjen uh, Robin. So I actually went on. I yeah. actually went on in defence. Oh, okay. On That's very modern, isn't it? The cutting in yeah, from the right. The I mean, Townsend, Arjen Robin, playing John, right John half. John Wooten yeah. started it all. Yeah. Now you came on with seven minutes to go, John. Were you for the for the eighty-three minutes before that warming up in front uh, of your son to say, "Look, I'm feeling good about this. Put me on. I can make a difference." Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I did feel like that, but I didn't say it. But <laughs> yeah, it says, Dad, you want to start stretching? Yeah. It says, you want to start stretching? I says, I've been walking up and down, touchline for 83 minutes. <laughs> I don't need much stretching. Well, you uh, did. You did, though, didn't you, John? Because you, you did it. How did that calf go? What was it? Was it a little I don't know, a they, sprint? I mean, I mean, the lads, to be quiet honest, were trying to pass the ball to me, and I'm saying... Don't pass it to me all the time because I can't run. <laughs> and, and uh, but they did pass me. My grandson actually put the ball in front of me. Oh. Perfect ball. And I tried to run after it. And that's when my calf went. Oh, that little burst, <laughs> electric burst of pace. Now, now was it 3 was, was it three two when you came on and it finished 3 it three, two? No, it was 3 2 when I came right, on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that's and fine. And they were the top of the league. So oh, I right. probably was, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you, and yeah. That's, that's great. And, and college got a penalty, John. Would you have taken it? Well, they were adamant that I would. I was trying to resist it because my grandson actually takes the penalty sometimes. Right. And he says, if we get a penalty, Grandad, you're taking it. I says, no, no, Matt, I'm not. But anyway, <laughs> it, it didn't happen. <laughs> so, um, and you, but, wore white, but, you wore white boots, John. I didn't have you well, down as a, as a white boot with red trim kind of player. Yeah, Very flash. I, I am, it's a, long, a lot of years since I had boots, and uh, they were actually a pair of my grandson's boots, right. white boots. So... <laughs> That is, it could have been yellow or something. Your old boots, the Adidas Tom Finneys, they don't make those anymore, <laughs> no, do they? I don't know. I mean, when I started playing football, you used to nail your own studs in. <laughs> <laughs> they, they should had, bring they that had, back. They had, they had three nails in them and a few layers of leather and you had to nail them in yourself. Wow. <laughs> so this, this calf strain, John, does that mean, are you out for a couple of weeks or what do you think? <laughs> well, that was, that was the last match yesterday. We're probably out for a couple of weeks, yes. <laughs> oh. And um, who do you follow? Is your football team your your well, pro club? All, all, all my family have always been Liverpool fans, but my team mm. is is Barnsley. Oh, okay. Oh, right. And I'm so excited at the moment yeah. because they're actually in the playoffs. Fantastic. Yeah, well, it's watch this space. <laughs> if they get in the prem, you may get the call. Absolutely, they right. may be looking for. Right, I mean, exactly, if they need yeah. someone, I mean, they're a pretty hard run inside, and you'd you'd see a lot of the uh, uh, right half. You'd see a lot of the ball coming over your head. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but Bram, I mean, exactly. all joking aside, John, what a lovely thing. I mean, you know, I think we get you get to a certain age, you probably thought you'd never play football with your grandson and a team managed by your son. It must oh, have been brilliant. No, never, no, never in a million years. I mean, I did try to resist it, but I'm so glad it happened. Yeah. And it turned into a... I mean, I'm actually sat in the car park at the college pub now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, yeah, it really perfect. It, it was just a perfect day, and I couldn't have wished for anything better for my 80th birthday. Yeah. Uh, and people are joking now, saying, well, we'll do the same again for your 90th. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Turn out again, that's right. It's a mean. great story. Yeah. And, yeah. and you beat yeah. top of the league. So, you know, it was yeah. the right ta- it was the right decision from yeah. the gaffer, wasn't it? Exactly. It's been a funny season because of obvious reasons. But, um, yeah, brilliant. I, I couldn't have wished for anything better. And the the, the opposition, they, they, they did it in the right spirit. No one went they did, charging they into the you. Right no, no. When the um, 
when I actually went, went onto the field, uh, the the opposition just stood and applauded when I oh, walked on. Terrific. <laughs> and, then, and then one of their players said to my grandson, uh, you brought your granddad on here, you're taking the pee. <laughs> 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 yeah. Terrific. All yeah. the best, John. Lovely to talk to Thanks, you. John. And uh, congratulations. Thanks for joining Daniel. us. Thanks a lot. Thank you. What a top man. John Wooten there who uh, played... 40 years out of retirement, uh, you can keep your Super Leagues. That's what it's all about. Oh, totally. It's a wonderful story. It'd be great if an opposition player had said, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> First thing comes on. Proper S house. Yeah, on really granddad. unpleasant. Yeah. Elbow in the ribs. <laughs> exactly. How much are you on a week? It studs exactly down the Achilles. Kind of John would have gone and got the old nailed studs. 100%. <laughs> I'd sort them out, wouldn't it? Two footed them. But what a lovely story. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, Kevin Day joins us very shortly to talk about Palace inviting in the cameras, but I think it's a show we'll all look forward to. We'll tell you more of that in a moment. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, Roy Hodgson was saying a week or so ago, I think he was talking at the weekend about the cameras uh, at the football club, saying it wasn't something he particularly enjoyed. I think he did a little bit of that as the Swiss manager mm-hmm. and didn't particularly enjoy it. So it's, it, maybe it seems coincidental or not that uh, we, we understand that today Palace will be inviting the cameras in, albeit to the academy. Um, that club seemed very much on board. It's made by the same people who made 
educating Yorkshire, so it has a good pedigree. The club are very keen to make sure it's that, someone who's used to being yeah, that around. That last episode of Educating Yorkshire, the guy with the, I don't give it away, but the guy oh, with the stutter does the speech. That's me, wow. broken. That's like weeping on the floor. Well, they, you know, they make good TV. They do make good television. And yeah. as Steve Parry said, they're, they're, they're good around sort of young players at, at a, a, a difficult age, of course. Yeah, it's going to be called The Academy. Kevin Day, Palace fan, a writer and comedian, joins us. Good afternoon, Kev. Hello there. This looks like a, a good programme, I think. I mean, how do you feel about the, the cameras being invited into your academy? You're a bit slightly worried that... Real Madrid and Barcelona might watch it and start nicking all your best young talent. Well, I, we, we've got 7,000 people in for the Arsenal game next week and I suspect most of them will be Barcelona and Real Madrid <laughs> scouts anyway, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I'm just warning you, I've got a bit of a cat-dog-magpie situation lining up in my garden, oh, so right. if you hear if you hear some cartoon sound effects. Um, I'm, very pr- I'm very proud, actually, because hmm. we, we've got um, our under-18s team in particular uh, look like a really good bunch. You know, it's... it's it's very hard sometimes. I don't like to get too emotionally invested in the youngsters in case they disappear between the age of 18 and, and 21. Do you know what I mean? You hear rumours about really good players. and uh, Our youngsters seem like a really good bunch of lads. When we got a lad called Raksaki, who hopefully will be on the bench tonight. So I'm really looking forward to this documentary and seeing how they develop. And, of course, we've got our new, our new academy, our new training ground, which looks absolutely fantastic. But... It's it's interesting. You, you say Roy's not happy about it, but according to TalkSport and Sky and everybody else, it'll either be Frank Lampard, Sean Dyche, Patrick Vieira, <laughs> Valerian Ishmael. Exactly. Any of those are not happy about it. So I don't know. Roy, I, I still half hope and half think that Roy would be manager next year. If The, the thing with Roy is he's not... He's not as cuddly as people think he is. If Roy doesn't want it to happen, hmm. it won't it won't happen, essentially. And And Roy doesn't spend a lot of time with the, the the real young players so i i don't think there'll be too much crossover but i think i think everybody looks forward to anything about football at the moment don't they as far as mm. i'm concerned any any insight any cameras is great as far as i'm concerned yeah i mean i do always have the fear that you know even if somebody goes into your club with the cameras with the the, the best of intentions you know their ultimate ambition is to make a good tv show you know, which is the, a different ambition from what the academy is trying to do. I guess that's the that's the fear, isn't it? That they try and turn it into a soap opera, or they will have to ham it up a bit because otherwise, it's just some people. Uh, we played, we lost one nil. We played, we yeah. drew nil nil. A bit, a bit like you know what Palace's actual season is like. You know, they, they <laughs> yeah. want to make something more entertaining than that. Yeah, let's face it. There's a documentary about this season. It wouldn't last too long, and there's always. There is always that worry that they will find the, the characters, so to speak. You know, they'll find the one or two kids that are really, really bright, really good in front of the cameras, or they'll find a kid that's got a really sad backstory and mm. concentrate on him and, and neglect all the others. But as you say, this, this is an experienced TV company. It, it's interesting as well because there's another documentary coming out in the summer, which was filmed uh, in the playoff season in 2013. These two young uh, documentary makers filmed about 500 hours of footage around Ian Holloway and, um, and they filmed at a very drunken party that I was at. So this is this is coming out at the same time and apparently Roy loved that. He, he's oh. watched that, he liked that. But that's that's history for Roy, because Roy, Roy loves a bit of history. That's the other thing in his thing he was talking about over the weekend about filming the youngsters because he said, you know, I, I don't particularly have a lot in common with them. They don't watch the same programmes as I do. In other words, they haven't got BBC Four, is what he means. <laughs> they, they don't listen to the same music. So I don't I don't think Roy would be too unhappy about the, the thing. I think a lot of it is Steve Parrish wanted to show off where the money's gone on the 
the new training centre, which mm. which does good. But as Max says, and, and you know, Max is in the industry. He's worked in yes, uh, football on TV yeah. long enough to know where the good story is. You know what pop stars you don't invite back to take a penalty on a Saturday morning because they got nowhere near that hole in the cardboard. <laughs> and it's it, it'll, be, it'll be pretty much the same with the with the youngsters. There is that worry, of course, because they are at that age. Mm. Hark at granddad here. They are very impressionable, and I remember. It, if I was doing something at the age of 17 or 18 and, and TV cameras were there, I'd, I'd have been fighting people off to get on the camera. I'm yeah. still like that now. If I see a camera now at my age, I'm still fighting people off. The, but it's, I think I, it, it'd be interesting because no one, no one really knows what goes on behind the scenes at a, an academy setup. So it, it's, it, I'm, I'm fascinated to see it. And, and I'm kind of hoping that Roy will still be around to be lurking in the background, half hoping to be interviewed and half hoping not to be. And this line from Steve Parrish, he said, it was imperative for us to select a production partner with a track record in working with young people in pressurised environments. Um, and I think that's a very good point, isn't it? Because as you quite rightly say, at this age, someone could be a bit of a breakout star of this series and it might go to their head. It could be next stop, Love Island. They may take their eye off the ball. That's the last thing Palace want as a team, that someone sees a little root, a celebrity and not uh, the world of professional football. I, I, I like the way Steve Parrish says he's a very clever so Steve Parrish saying that we selected a company that knew what they were doing implied that there were several companies <laughs> at the a few unscrupulous ones as well uh, absolutely yeah. <laughs> do you know what the, the trouble is and again I sound like an old man I, I suspect there are quite a few young players at every club in the country if you said to them do you fancy a League Two career or Love Island? I think there'd be a lot of soul searching. Well, we've seen you know a couple I mean? of players do that. Money, they walk, much, walk away from from that yeah. level of football and normally can do that. The, the the real worry is, and it does come back to what I said at the start, is that uh, uh, we've we, every school, everybody listened to this had a player at their school who was brilliant, really, really good at football, but still nowhere good enough to even be an academy player. And at the academy, we've got kids that we talk about. And you you worry the fear is that they won't get any bigger or stronger or they won't develop or they won't become so you, you the fear is that you see these kids at the age of seventeen and eighteen on this documentary who were brilliant and who get all this exposure and then suddenly two years down the line are, are nowhere to be found. You worry about their mental health. So you do hope that Steve is right when they've they, they've got a TV company that knows how to look after the emotional well being of these youngsters that will be suddenly. I mean, they're already celebrities in their own their own streets and their own estates because they're playing for Palace, and suddenly they're going to be seen on on Channel Four and every Friday night, or whatever it is, with the, all the publicity that goes with it. So you you hope that people will be looking after them because it's quite daunting. I mean, it must be quite daunting just to play football at that age. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine at that age playing in a team where everyone's got the same socks. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're, they're, they're playing, they've got, they've got sponsor, yeah? So it's already an exciting time of their life. And it's, that's that's the thing that worries. I think it's, my heart breaks <laughs> when, when you hear about kids who are released from clubs. And, and clubs, Palace especially, are leading the way now. I mean, 10 years ago, a 16-year-old kid was just called to an office and told to go home. He wasn't playing his contract. He wasn't having one. And now, and now at least they manage that. But I can't think of anything worse for a youngster to, than to be told his contract's not being extended or he's not getting a contract. And then all he's left with is a is a grainy memory on his phone of when he was on this documentary, mm. making other people laugh or scoring a goal. 
Yeah, I mean, it does up the ante, but that's bound to be part of it. You would imagine that would have to be part of the story. You can't tell this story without that no. shot of coming sunset down. Um, I'm afraid we're going to let you go. There's going to have to be it's going to have to be a bit of that. Yeah. Um, you would anyway. It's, it does sound fascinating. Enjoy the game tonight, Kevin. We'll catch up Cheers, with you Kev. soon. And happy birthday for the other happy week, birthday. by the way. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. I've got a lovely message from Roy Hodgson. Actually, you said I look much younger than I am. So yeah, well, he's, I... he's my he's my favourite manager ever. <laughs> you're I in almost... the, he says you're younger than I am. You're in the academy. Yeah, filming stuff. <laughs> Starts next week. <laughs> That's right. Can you make it? Bring your boots. Brilliant. Cheers, Kev. All the best. Thanks a lot, boys. Bye-bye now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon. It would be bad, wouldn't it? As I mean, the ex-players in this studio that we see that decided to start hawking up everywhere. You know, not that he would, but you know, Darren Bent's halfway or Ali or Big Allen. I mean, it would be appalling, wouldn't they? Started sort of clearing their noses halfway through a four-hour show. It would be yeah. terrible. When you talk about a Big Al, you know, those football managers drinking water and then yeah. spitting it out. Yeah. I think anything that Alan drinks, he keeps. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's not big for spitting it out. That is very true. Anyway, we're back tomorrow. Um, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.